0: I cherish this time with you, as I bask in your presence. Lord, I cherish this moment, all the days of my life.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Authentic Voice. You're with your host, Chris Boys, and I have a guest with me, a very special guest all the way from Tweetheads named Daniel Bergen. It's such a privilege to have you with me today, Daniel. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Passers on Purpose. Welcome. Yep. Thanks, Chris. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, with the um, you know the topic Pastors on purpose, I mean we've all have got a purpose, but you know you have a very unique special purpose, and and something that I really enjoy listening to, and that's your music. Talk to us a little bit about yourself and how you got going with the music, and why you believe it's important to you, and in, and what you do as a pastor, please. Yeah,
0: so um, for for many years I've been a um, been a musician in churches. Um, didn't really do the gig scene. Um, as a lot of people do in the younger days, they sort of um, do the clubs and pubs and stuff like that. Um, God sort of kept me away from that scene and sort of a little bit more just in the church scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I felt was um, there was always a little bit more happening um, in me particularly. And um, I come to the realisation that um, um, more than just the worship, God has actually called me to be a psalmist. Okay. And um, that actually opened up. Um, a whole new, um, I suppose my new eyes, sort of a whole new revenue of how I, uh, avenue sort of how we looked at things. Um, so I suppose the the overall um, sort of process of that was um, coming from a, a, a very basic musician, God bringing me through my life. Um, uh, many things happened in my life, but I always had a heart for God. And uh, always had a heart for worship and just want to bring people into that sort of throne room and into that presence. And um, over that period of time, uh, we're talking, I got saved when I was 14. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're talking about a lifetime. I'm now sort of, I'm coming up to 49 now. Oh. So um, well, we're talking about a good 30, 30 plus years. Um, I, I call it in ministry because I've basically been serving in the church um, in one form or another um, throughout my whole life. And um, that, that has been the, the whole backbone of, of my um, of my life, basically. Um, we always had a, a principle that, you know, we serve um, the kingdom, uh, we serve the church. Um, the kingdom is greater than what the church is. Um, but when I, when I talk about church, I'm talking about a local church and sometimes we, we really sometimes look at the church as, oh, it's just on Sunday, you know. But uh, we know that the kingdom is bigger than that. And it happens uh, 24-7. And uh, there's areas here that God wants us to sort of walk in and, 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 and serve in that. But um, the local church is a tremendous area uh, for anybody to actually come and, and um, it, to actually plant themselves and actually plant roots down so they can actually grow. Um, if it wasn't for the local church, you know, um, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have had the experiences. I wouldn't have had the, uh, the joys, the heartaches, uh, the people to stand beside me. Um, you know, it, it's always been one of those situations where um, church is one of those things that, that sort of can build a person up. Uh, it can also tear a person down. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we, we've experienced that, you know, over, over those uh, many years. Um, but the one thing that's sort of staying for me is, is always had that heart for worship um, and, and bringing that sort of home and bringing it to, the, uh, to, to as many people as we can. Talk about what it means to be a psalmist.
1: I love the fact that you described your worship as being a psalmist. I really love that. Talk to me about how would, what does that mean for Daniel Bergen that you are a psalmist?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so a psalmist, um, I want to clarify a couple of things because a lot of times the church has got a lot of stuff wrong. Okay. Um, sure. And I, I put this into the same category as um, everybody can prophesy, but not everybody's a prophet. Yes. Um, and, right. and, and, and I put this in, um, you know, the Bible says that we should be, you know, bring psalms and, and spiritual songs. And so technically we're all psalmists, we're, we're all meant to be psalmists. So mm-hmm. we're all meant to bring a song, um, bring yeah. something new. But there's an anointing that goes greater than that for a psalmist.
1: Yes.
0: So, so and, and that's, that's what I, I there's a, there is a definite, um, I suppose, mantle that comes upon someone's life. Okay. And um, this is what the church has got to realise, that there's, um, you've got somebody who can sing songs, mm-hmm. but then you've got somebody who's actually bringing songs from heaven oh, yeah. right to the people that's anointed. And that's, that's a psalmist job. Yes. And for, for that process to happen, um, just like any other mantle, um, there's a cost to it. Mm-hmm. And it's a cost to your life. It, it'll cost you everything. Yes. um for me uh, i, I grew, i'm not a performer um I, I when i got saved um i really had a spirit of fear on my uh, of me and on my, on my life okay. um it took like you couldn't even get me into church you couldn't like you couldn't even get me up on stage I, I would i'd be the person in the back corner huddled up in the back corner um you know just sort of waiting for church to finish and i'd be out that door wouldn't speak to anybody mm-hmm. i just didn't have that ability you know yeah. and that's that's sort of what I come from. God delivered me from, from that. Um, there's a whole sort of story on that one there, which um, is actually quite a, quite, a, quite a good story that sort of kick us off. But um, um, I, I'll, I'll share a little bit of it, actually, because when we were um, I was about 17 years of age, just got my car licence, and uh, I'd been playing the guitar for about three years, mm-hmm. and um, I was just good enough to sort of play in the team. And then I'd come and practise for the team, As soon as practice was over, I'd pack up my guitar, pack up my amp, and I'd go off to the car, load in there, and I'd be driving off. Anyway, this went on for about six weeks. I used to even clean where I'd actually park my car so my escape would be so much quicker. Anyway, for about six weeks, I came in, practiced with the team, and then out I went before service started, and no one saw me again until next week, you know. And that's just just it's just the fear of man that I had there. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. Well, anyway, about the 6 weeks time, I come out, you know, the guitar in one hand, amp in the other, come out to the car, and here's, here's the pastor sitting on, on the boot of my car. And he just looked at me and he said, Dan, he says, do you want to deal with this now or do you want to deal with this next week? Wow. And um, I, just, I just looked at him, you know, and, and, and I, I, knew he, I knew he had me. I, was, I had nowhere to go. <laughs> I just said, just, let's deal with this now. Yeah. He got off the, he got off my boot, grabbed me gamp and grabbed me guitar, come inside. She said, come inside. So they took me into the, one of the little, little offices there at the church and that then took a few other people in there. They yeah. laid hands on me and they, they broke the spirit of um, the fear of man off my life. Yeah. Right. I, I tell you, it was, I hit the ground. I couldn't get up for about five, 10 minutes. It was just, it was such a powerful moment. Um, by the time I got up, um, church was just starting, someone had already set up my guitar and my amp and all that type of stuff. And I, I just got out of the office and, and the pastor says you better get up there and start playing. And um so I walked up there and started playing, and since that day I'd never stopped. Praise God. Praise and uh, so that, that just sort of gives you a, a bit a bit of background, yeah. Not not talking, it hasn't been easy there's been times there where you know i've sort of felt that fear come on me again i've had to keep standing in that victory and say no i'm not going to allow this we're going to keep pushing through yeah um up, up until it, where we are now mm-hmm. but um, what happened was not being a performer i was very you know i was the one that sort of always shied away from things you know if there was uh, being a guitarist if there's a lead break i'd shy away and let somebody else do it you uh, wouldn't really hear me too much in the earlier days Mm-hmm. Um, until sort of I got more, um, um, you know, more bold um, in that. And that's just a process that God brought us through. Mm-hmm. But, but I realized that God had started this gift in my life, and I was starting to write songs. Mm-hmm. I'd, be, uh, I'd, I'd be at home, and all of a sudden, these songs would start coming, and I'd just start writing these songs down. Wonderful. Yeah. And this, this, this has been happening, you know, since I was about 17 years of age. And um, um, I, I want to make note, too, that when I was 14, I got saved. It was actually at home when I first had my guitar, and I too, I actually got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow! No one laid hands on me. I was just in my room. I was just worshiping God, and next minute I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so all, all these things just—it's it, just such a—it's just a, such a relationship with me and God that mm-hmm. um, comes back to this worship. And um, when we come to the realization that um, that this gift was starting to come through. I found that not a lot of people were really interested. So here I am getting all these songs and that, and the local church and the church team weren't really interested in, in what I had. They were prepared to use my gift for a guitarist, yes. but they weren't prepared to use me as a psalmist. Uh-huh.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And because I wasn't a uh, performer, I wouldn't be one that would go out and try and perform somewhere or trying to get this out. Yeah, right. So for, for 30 years I've been sitting on... You know a hundred songs you know i mean just sitting on them mm-hmm. and they've just been there and just just sort of just waiting for for a chance to actually start to, to go out yes um as you know this year was the first year that i've actually released my first album yes you know, 30 yes. years later and you go well what why did it take so long to get the, that sort of thing out it's just been the whole process of, of that
1: mm-hmm. but,
0: Dealing with that, I've realised one thing, and that is, is the church is missing out on one of the greatest gifts that God has given um, in the music team, and that's one of the psalms. So we look at oh, we look at professionalism, we look at someone's gift, we go, oh, they can play. Oh, come on, team, yep. but there's no anointing on them. No, you no. get somebody that 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 can't you know, can hardly put two words together. They sing, and all of a sudden, the anointing just drops. Yep. And you go, wow, look at this. And it's about time in churches that we turn this around and we go, you know what? We have to go for anointing rather than giftings. Yeah, exactly, mate. As a psalmist, the word of God says that as you humble yourself, that he will raise you up. Yes, absolutely. I I often find that people that are are very much a a performer, Mm They might write songs, but they're performing the songs.
1: Yeah,
0: don't really have a true gift of, of being a psalmist, uh-huh. because the humbleness is not there. Yeah,
1: yeah, you well, know. It's I, I sort of, completely agree. Uh, I yep. think I think this applies to so many different giftings too, Daniel. I was lucky enough that I had pastors who saw something in me, and pretty much, yeah, similar kind of went, -uh, nah, you're not running from this. We're we're going to encourage you. And they kept putting the mic in front of my hand. They kept encouraging me to come out the front. And I was terrified. And uh, I really relate to all of that. And one of the things that I can say, even though I'm not a musician myself and I don't play an instrument, I can tell almost straight away when I start listening to what's meant to be called worship, whether it's performance or whether it's really anointed. And the difference is the heart. The difference is the heart attitude of the person. You don't have to be able to play an instrument to be a true worshipper. True. And that's something that, that, that I just wanted to bring out if I could with you because, you know, Jesus said the Father was looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And I can always tell, almost within probably two or three seconds of listening to what is, a, what is you know, well-known kind of um, so-called worship band. And I'm not trying to be disparaging. They're very talented. You can see they're very talented at what they do. But where's the heart? And the anointing is not there because the heart focus is not right. It's not elevating. It's not glorifying. It's not lifting up His name. And I'm even gone as far going far as to say that a lot of contemporary, again, so-called worship is really just performance, and it's a big deal. And it, it's you know it really is a big deal. And that's something else too. I, I've never liked the term the worship leader leads you into worship. I've always the way I've always understood it is that. He he has an atmosphere, and his hard attitude, and his and his willingness to honor and worship the Lord. That that in itself, you know, you don't lead someone into worship; you worship with them. Big, deep difference. Big difference to me. That's it. Yes. You worship with them, and that was something that really struck me about your music and about your worship was it, it, is that I felt straight away a connection to the Father just in the worship immediately and already, you know. I just started to really connect with what you're saying. And that's the difference. That's to me, is a psalmist. And when I read the psalms, when I read the things that King David wrote about, you can see we're journeying with him in that that relationship. We're journeying with him in that worship of God Almighty. That's what I love about the psalms. It really is a a journey that you're part of with him. And that's what I like about your music, mate. It, It really is an invitation to journey with you. And I think that that's something that is... Interestingly enough, you know, um, me me and, you know, Gary Hoban and yourself, you know, to me this is an important part of Reformation. This is an important part of what needs to come back into the church. Absolutely. What being a psalmist really means and what true worship is all about as it's reflected in music. Because there are other ways to worship God. Of course there are.
0: But music's a very important component of that. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the church too has got to have a look at, see, we know that the, that the word says, you know, bring um, uh, psalms, spiritual songs, and bring a new song.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, quite often we you know in church, we just bring a new song. We don't bring the psalms. We don't bring the word. Wow, that's powerful. And, and, yeah. and uh, I think churches have got to come back to, to, to the roots. You know, we've got to stop going, oh, look, this is all trendy, and come back and actually start singing some hymns. Yes. Start singing some of the, the, the some because Absolutely. there was a the, the reason why there was so, so much power in the hymns was because there's so much of the Word of God in it. Yes, and oh. um, a, a lot of times now, like we, we sing songs, and the Word of God is not actually in the songs. It's more about a relational thing, and they talk, you know, that they'll, they'll refer to it a little bit, but it, it's more of a second hand hand me down rather than the Word of God. Yep, you know, and, sure. and we have to we have to come back to 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 singing um, from from that place where we really get that power sort of coming back into the music and um exactly. the, the other thing too is that when a lot of people worship and that we're not really hidden that worship track. like we should be giving it everything yes you know like you go to a football match and this this is the thing so we, we've got a built-in thing being human we've got a built-in thing for us that says when we're excited we can actually become excited you get a football match and, you know, three minutes to go and your football team's, you know, losing by two points. they got the ball and they're just in line. You're on the edge of your seats and you're screaming. Yes. Why? Because you, you've got so much emotion, so much in you. Oh, man, we can do this. Mm-hmm. When it comes to church, half the time you're there, you are there, you've got to try to encourage someone to even just sing a word, let alone actually worship God. Yes. And we, we, we've got it wrong. We should become a church. A lot of times we go, oh, it's too too noisy in church. Yeah. The music shouldn't be noisy, the people should be. Yeah,
1: that's
0: true. You know what I mean? We we shouldn't be able to turn that down. Yep. You know, it, we we think it's loud to turn up the music, but the people should be should be noisy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's that's just part of, of 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 you know part of this reformation. We we've got to get back to the, the roots, yes, you know. Absolutely. what um, what, what Sorry, mate. Yeah, I was going to say, like, you know, why are we actually there, you know? Yeah. We're there to we, We've got a creator that loves us. Yes. He's given us everything for us. And and we can't stand and shout for, for half an hour Yeah, for that yes. in church. Yeah. We've got something wrong there. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Just want to pick up on something you said because it's so true. The reason why the hymns were so powerful, still are right now, actually, is because there's so much of the word of God in them. You know, and one of the things that I just want to bring out right now is that you know Jesus said the Father is looking for worshippers who worship him in spirit and in truth. And if there's truth of God's word in those hymns, there's always going to be power in those hymns. But when you start singing worship songs, which are really just ear ticklers and just meant to elevate the feelings, there's nothing wrong with emotional expression. Don't hear me wrong. Daniel. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But the primary focus must always be elevating the name of Jesus, speaking the word of truth in that psalm, in that song, because if it's not, what's it really glorifying? What's it. it really elevating? And that's the question. That's why I'm always very discerning about any worship that I have, any, because if it's not elevating the name of the Lord, if it's not elevating Jesus, if it's not bringing me, closer into into his presence because he is being elevated, then what's it actually for? Because That's it. If the focus is more on what I can get out of it, it ain't gonna change me. I'm just gonna I'm just I'm gonna get in a nice little buzz for a couple of hours, but I'm gonna come in and go out the same way I went in. It's not It's not meant to be like that. It's meant to be a daily thing, as you said, and it's meant to be, and there's something else I want to bring out if I could, please, mate, and that's how worship can be a very effective tool in warfare when you refuse to stop worshipping. It doesn't matter what the enemy throws at you, you just, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to keep worshipping the Lord. I don't care what my circumstances are saying. I don't care that I'm having trouble getting a job. I don't care if my kids are not talking to me at the moment, and, yes, I've been through all that, but I will not stop worshipping my God. I will not stop worshipping him. And he honours that sacrifice of praise. I've seen it time and time again. I've seen, I've got testimony after testimony of that. But it's definitely something that the, the enemy doesn't know what to do with it. When you're being thankful to God in the hardest circumstances, in health issues, in you know, issues with relationships, when you're being thankful to God and when you're praising him and you're worshipping him, truly elevating him, regardless of what's going on around you, the enemy doesn't know what to do with that. I've seen it
0: so many times, man. you know. No, yeah, exactly. So, so we've got to understand, see, there is power in praise. And, and what we've got to understand is praise is not so much there for God. It's actually there for us. Come on. And, and, and I, I liken it to this, you know, we, we pray in tongues. Why? Because it actually edifies us as well. We don't know what we're praying God's response, but it edifies us. When we praise, it actually brings us to a place to where God can then start to use us, it actually opens up part of our emotion side of things too. It opens up and gets us going into to a whole new realm. It's it could, and that's why you know, we we're commanded because it says if we weren't to praise Him, mm. the rocks in that would. Yes, absolutely. So, so the reason for and, and this is this is the other thing too is we're commanded to praise Him. Mm-hmm. We're not commanded to worship Him. Yeah, right. Never so, and this is why when he says he's looking for worshippers, he's looking for people that will do it because they want to do it. Come on. So, yes. so as a church, we need to come and praise him because we're commanded to do that because of the effect it has on us. Yes. If you praise him, the praises is, is their power. As soon as you praise me and the devil runs. That's it. He knows that he can't do anything. When you praise him, he knows he's defeated. He just runs. Amen. But when we come into the worship side, that's our relational side. Oh, that's good. That's where we go, God. This is just you and me. I'm worshiping you right now because of who you are, not because of what you've done. Yep, praise God. And and that's that's the difference. And from that, Mm. you just keep growing and growing and growing. And the praise and worship, of, you know, because um, it's you do have to define the two um, a a little bit because some people go, oh, praise and worship, and oh, you know, praise is a fast song and worship is a slow song. Yeah,
1: I've heard that.
0: That's that's wrong doctrine, <laughs> you know. That, that, that's just wrong. Mm. Because praise is exaltation. Praise is when you actually honor God yeah. in the full exhortation. It should be like a football match. We yeah. should be getting our emotional going to the point where we are completely exalting Him with everything we've got. Yep. Amen. But then when it comes to the worship side, it's basically us and Him. And basically, when we're before Him. Um, Realistically, when the power of God's there, we, we can't stand in the presence of God. That's true. So worship is the time when we, we're on our face, basically. Pretty much. Yep. We're realising, man, our, our position here. So I try and get as low as I can yep. so that he can be as high as he can because that's the time that we, when it's needed, you know, and, and, mm. and that's, that's the difference of, of, of the two. And when we can really sort of, you know, bring that out, uh, and when we talk about a congregational thing in this, yes. we start to we've got to grow in this. Okay. Um, I, I liken it to um God showed me a picture one day. I, I watched a a little clip on YouTube of these um, um skin divers, but basically they, they run f- free 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 divers where they take a breath of air and they go down, they go down like hundreds of feet oh, yeah, heard that, yeah You know, the thing is is they train that hard, from their lung capacity is, is so huge, yes. they can go to depth that even the, the scuba divers can't get to and stay down there. And they're going down and coming back up because they've got to go on the same breath. Mm-hmm. And I, I liken that to coming into the presence of God. Yes. See, yes. we've got to, we've got to be. If, if I can put it this way, and, and I don't mean to sound you know a little bit you know sort of half hack when I say this, but we've got to be a people that can handle our liquor. And what I mean by that is when we come into the presence of God, sometimes when the presence of God comes over, we know that we can get actually handled by the presence of God, and it's like being drunk in the spirit. There's no good of being drunk in the spirit if you can't handle it to be releasing that. See, and this is what people don't understand. We're not there just to have a little little show a little bit, oh, thank you, Lord, you touched me. We come into his presence. Why? so we can actually sustain that presence on your life. But we, we've got to be able to handle that pressure. And the way that we do that is continually coming in, continually coming in. Yep. It's a process of learning. It's, you know, and, and this, this is where it's we, we come into it to a place where we learn to handle the anointing that's on our life so we can actually release it. Yeah, yeah,
1: sure.
0: Like, like, like those free divers. There's no way that any of us could dive, you know, half the the depth of what they can but they can because they're in that environment all the time they're training for it that's a powerful analogy yeah Yeah. and that's 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 what we've got to understand and look not everybody is is going to go oh I see where you're coming from there um Dan but you know that's really not for me a lot and it's no different from a um an intercessor an intercessor will pray and they'll pray for six eight ten hours twelve hours like just can pray continuously I'm not an intercessor. I go to a prayer meeting and by about half an hour, I'm, I'm looking for where's the nearest coffee shop? And it's not because I don't like prayer. It's not because of anything. I'm just not an intercessor. Yeah. You know, so we, we've got to realise that there, there's certain gifts on people's lives. Yeah. And this is why we need to go for the anointing all the time in, in yeah. our services and what's happening.
1: Amen. If
0: there's no anointing there, well, we're only pushing hot air. That's it. So, wow. Uh, and, and this is where, where the psalmist anointing comes into it. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we sing songs that, that have been anointed, comes from, from, from heaven, comes from a, a place that's um, from the anointing, not just from a book of words, because we use these words to form a sentence to make a song.
1: Yeah. yeah, and that's why it's so important to understand that the anointing comes from your relationship with him. It doesn't come from a fantastic worship service. It doesn't come from a conference. It doesn't come from the greatest international speaker who's flying in for a few days. It comes from your relationship with him and from you learning how to carry that anointing with him, as you've just rightly pointed out, Daniel. And I love how you're talking about the breath because that's exactly what it's all about. It's about bringing back returning that breath unto him that's what to me is what praise is all about it's all about bringing my breath back unto him because he gave me this breath but it's also understanding that he's also looking to me to carry that breath i love that I'm gonna. I'm gonna really remember those words because it's it's exactly right. You know, there's nothing wrong with gathering together, and we should gather together. There's nothing wrong with being committed to a family of worshipers. Worship with your brothers and sisters any chance you get. But if you're looking to a worship leader to get that anointing, you're looking at the wrong place. That's it. Because the the anointed one lives in you, Daniel. He lives yeah. in me, Absolutely. and that's the relationship I need to cultivate. That's the relationship that I need to bring my breath unto, not the worship leader, not the great preacher, not the anointed man of God or woman of God who's coming to preach an amazing word and, you know, we all just can feel the presence of God when we're with each other. Then the yes. next day we're at work and someone's being a jerk to us at work, do we carry it then? Have we got it then? Is it there right then? Yes. But if you haven't learned how to carry it, you'll be distracted. You'll be caught up in the distractions of what's going on around you. That's why worship is a lifestyle. That's why it's a relationship with him. And that's why why I always encourage people not to get um, too caught up in you know have you spent hours and hours a day reading or worshiping or praying as long as your focus is on Him mine's always on Him doesn't matter what I'm doing I'm always thinking about Him we have to work you know as mothers we you know they've got children to worry about as fathers yeah what I'm trying to get at is that it's so easy to think. That carrying anointing means, oh, it's just once a week or it's just, you know, when you're in prayer or worship, no, it's a relational thing. It's an abiding in him, abiding in him every day and just thinking on him and just realising that he's always there, he's always with you. And I would even go as far as to say it's my awareness of his presence that will change, not the other way around because he's always there. But, you know, when I continually keep my focus on him, and not get caught up in the distractions, and I'm not perfect, but when I manage to just go, hang on a second, I'm not getting caught up in that, nah, sorry, not working this time, you know, you bring that awareness back onto him, you know that that presence is there, exactly. Um, just wanted to ask you, um, have you got any, like, last words before we wrap up this amazing interview, which I've loved yeah. every minute of? Just just, just, to... up, just some
0: closing thoughts for us, please, Daniel. God is always, he, he he wants to use us. This this is what we've got to this is what we've got to come to. It's not us. We're just we're just the vessel. He is always faithful. Even when we're feeling down and out, he still wants to move. It's not done on our emotions. Um, he doesn't move just because we've been in, in the presence for eight hours. Like you said, it could be, you know, you might not have a chance in that day. And if he wants to move, he'll move. So true. And, and and that's 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 the biggest key and um, if for other pastors out there in churches I, I want to just encourage us one thing and that is go for the anointing don't just go for somebody who's got a gift mm. but go for the anointing Amen. and uh, you'll find that um, you know they're going to be a peculiar bunch that's true. Yep. And, and this is why a lot of people a lot of pastors won't use like uh, uh, If if I can be bold enough to say, you ever look at a lot of intercessors? A lot of intercessors you would actually call fruitcakes in today's society. I've got to be honest, you know, they're they're, they're sort of people that go, well, they're a bit fruity, aren't they? But because of where they're at, where they're constantly being at, Mm -hmm. they're peculiar people. Yes. We're all called peculiar people. people. So when we start to to go into our, our callings and start to really spend time with God, we ourselves become peculiar people. That's true. Do so it. as as pastors, don't back off just because someone seems a little bit more strange or different or, you know, too hard to handle. Um, you'll find that it'll be worth it if you go for the anointing.
1: And I'll just add to that by saying the thing about um, when the Lord says, behold, I'm doing a new thing, you haven't seen it before. So it's going to look peculiar. So something new is happening from the Lord with someone that you've maybe not seen before or met before it will be peculiar if there's an anointing on that person it will be peculiar because God is always doing a new thing he's a creative being he's always doing something new and uh and as you said Daniel don't be afraid of that just step into that because he's there and he's with you and the Lord always I find always calls you into the unknown out of that comfort zone he did for me, he did for you, and he does that. That's what he does, but he's always there every step of the way, as you said. Thank you. I really, really have enjoyed this um, interview. I love the words that you use. I love the way you describe what a psalmist is. That's had an impact on me. Um, I've never thought of it like that before, you know, and it's just so true. Look for that anointing. It doesn't matter if they look a bit peculiar. It doesn't matter if they look a bit out there. It doesn't matter. Just look for that anointing. Ask the Lord to give you that discernment. Is there an anointing there? Look for that. Amen. Thank you, brother. That's awesome. I I just want to say thank you um, to Pastor Daniel Bergen for joining me on this episode of The Authentic Voice. Um, Pretty obvious what this man's passion is is, and what a beautiful passion it is to have, you know, and that is to be that psalmist, to elevate and and praise his holy name. I'm just really glad that I got this opportunity to, this interview with you daniel and thank you for being with us on the authentic voice Thank thank you